Welcome to Listen by Jean Ginsberg. This audio experience and podcast is all about social media, digital marketing, entrepreneurship, and interviews with top entrepreneurs in the digital and social space. I am your host, Jean Ginsberg, digital marketing expert, number one best-selling author, and award-winning entrepreneur. I will be sharing with you strategies, tips, and tactics on how to grow your business and your social media following. Thanks for listening. Hi, welcome everyone. Jean Ginsberg here, and I am excited to have our guest today on our episode of Listen uh, by Jean Ginsberg. Patrick Woods is here today. How's it going, Patrick? It's going great, Jean. Thanks so much for having me. Excited yes. to chat today. Very excited to have you here. And our, my first question always is uh, tell us uh, about your background and some context for our audiences. Yeah, so I'm Patrick Woods. Uh, I am the co-founder and CEO of Orbit. So Orbit is a community growth platform that helps our customers understand their communities online and off and drive revenue, drive growth, drive all sorts of downstream outcomes from that community. And, you know, as the founder of a startup, it's really hard for me to separate myself from the company. So uh, I realized your question was about who I am and I told you what the company does, but, you know, as a very chaotic founder, those two are inextricably linked, I think. Um, been working on the company for about three years. Uh, my background is a blend of uh, customer success leadership uh, and startups. And then prior to that, spent many years in, in marketing and brand strategy. So I have seen the role of community play out across, you know, top of funnel, awareness, brand, but all the way down through things like, you know, activation, retention when it comes to, to SaaS products. So been thinking about community building for a long time and um, have spent the past several years thinking about the confluence of the value that community members get and the value companies can capture from those communities when they're when they're the organizer. So that's a little bit of a little bit of my background about me and the company. Great. Uh, a, a, a little bit to unpack there. So what is the problem that your company solves? So what would be the issue that I would be having and that I would go and be like, I need orbit today? <laughs> yeah. So our customers um they span a few different industries. So we you know, B2B and B2C SaaS is a big segment for us. Uh, developer tools, uh, developer companies is a big a big segment as well, um, as well as Web3 and crypto. Um, what they all have in common is that community is a huge part of their of their of their go to market of their value creation exercise. And when I say community in this context, think about you know what's happening in support forums and on social media and at events. There are humans sort of in your orbit, uh, pun intended, uh, as a company that you care about. Um, and most tools today are, are are very marketing and sales oriented. So your your CRM might tell you that you know somebody downloaded a white paper or they submitted a form to get a demo. Uh, and your social media monitoring tool might tell you that somebody followed you on Twitter. Uh, but for our customers, there's a there's a whole constellation of touch points happening. And what Orbit does is is connect to all those data sources and show you this the essentially the single source of truth for all the interactions your company is having with people having with people online and offline. So take an individual person, for example, you would be able to see that, you know, a, a month ago they followed you on Twitter and then came to your forum and started asking questions about your product. And then they came to an office hours experience where they heard from your product team. And then a week later became a customer of your or a user of your product. And then, you know, a week later started tweeting about how, how happy they are. And then, you know, sort of the the whole journey as 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 you can think about sort of pre and post sales. That's that's really what we mean when we say community. And so Orbit makes it really easy to integrate all of the platforms where that happens and show you that unified view. And so second order result is that you have essentially a, a, what looks like a modern CRM around all these interactions and you can run reports and do tags and filtering and segments and also automate workflows 
send messages to people and then do revenue attribution on the back end. So then would you call it an attribution tool because you're then attributing touch points and eyeballs on these different times and space when when a customer touch or you wouldn't I guess you touch a customer based on their interaction. Yeah, attribution is certainly a facet. Um, it's interesting for us to sort of a blessing and a curse because depending on who you ask, like which type of user you ask, you Orbit is described as a different thing. So folks from a more marketing background will, will often see Orbit as a as an attribution tool for sure, um, as a lead generation tool, definitely. Um, if you talk to a community manager, they might describe Orbit as a community CRM, as their reporting platform, it's their engagement tool. So you can actually like, message people from Orbit. So it kind of depends on the use case. And what we see is that typically the, the users of Orbit inside of a company are some combination of the community team, the marketing team, the product team, the sales team. And um, they they have different use cases, but at the core, it's really trying to understand the humans that are on the other side of the screen. And would it be similar to a customer data platform? Yeah, there are some similarities. Of course, okay. we connect to the CDPs like Segment and the reverse ETL companies like Census and Hightouch and things like that. But yeah, it's 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 you know we're not as robust as like a Segment would be trying to 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 be with regard to like every single interaction, anonymous and otherwise. Um, we're we're very focused on like the individuals and the, the the sort of high value activities they're doing. So CDP is certainly a flavor. We have a huge data platform that's that that we've built that all of the UI layer sits on top of. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm just uh, curious because I, I come from a marketing background, and so I, um, I was like, I've, I haven't really heard of a platform like that. So then, how do you, how does that thread come from knowing that, like, I, like let's say I have a SaaS company and that like this one person followed me, like the company on Twitter, but then like that also that person also followed me on on Facebook or LinkedIn. Like, how do you connect that, knowing that this is the same exact person? From yeah, Twitter to yeah. Facebook to LinkedIn. It's a great question. So, so part of our platform uh, includes some identity resolution that we've built. So, um, you know, I'm my username on Twitter. I'm Patrick J Woods. Give me a follow. Uh, Patrick J Woods on Twitter. I'm Patrick J Woods on GitHub. So, you know, if if I follow you on Twitter one day, then you know, engage with you on GitHub the next week, Orbit's going to say, "Hey, we think this is the same person." So, we we have some machine learning that works. It looks at first name, last name, email addresses, breaks apart different parts of usernames and, and says, hey, we, we think this is a match. And we're not always right, but, um, you know, it's 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 a pretty good hit rate. And, um, you know, of course, if somebody's trying to be very anonymous online, we, we see this a lot with Discord users, for example. You know, I might be Patrick J. Woods on Twitter, but I might be, you know, anonymous guy, triple six, you know, on Discord. Orbit's not going to know that that's the same individual, but right. ultimately that person's trying to remain anonymous. So, that's that's sort of okay for us. So yeah, so we, we have some heuristics. We make it pretty easy. We auto merge profiles and we also allow our users to sort of customize the rule sets. So um, yeah, it's it's a pretty important part of the platform and it's it's a it's a great question. So we we saw for a, for I think a pretty substantial piece of that. Great. Okay, that's interesting to know because um, I, I was like kind of my marketing back my my marketing brain started to turn on. It's like, well, how do you know it's the same person? So I, that's a good that's a good response. I appreciate that. And then, what was the catalyst for all of this? Is it just that you were not finding like easy attribution and and touch points uh, in a funnel? Yeah. So so I guess it depends on how far we go back. I mean, I've I've spent many years organizing community events, you know, everything from meetups to 
um, speaker series, all sorts of things. So I've sort of seen the power of what happens when individuals come together to do stuff together, uh, for lack of a better term. Um, then I guess about eight or nine years ago, I, I joined a startup. Uh, it, was, it was a company that was building an, an analytics API. So a very, very technical product. Developers were our users, um, software developers. And that company had 40 or 50,000 developers on the platform using our tools. And that's where I sort of first saw community as a driver of all sorts of business value. Because what we saw is that all these developers, uh, quite a few of them were active in our in our chat and our forum and on social media. They were talking to each other about how to use the APIs more effectively. It's like, hey, what are you doing? Here's what I built. You want to check it out? You know, I've got some advice for you on how to do this better. And we we saw this user community become this really amazing engine for value creation for the for the de for the developers on the platform. They were hacking on projects together. They were getting jobs. They were starting companies together. And the result for the for the company was that. We had 40 or 50,000 people out there talking about how awesome the brand is, how awesome the company is, giving us feedback, um, helping us with intros to potential enterprise customers. We recruited employees from the community. And what we found was that the, the, the community is an asset for the company that basically de-risks every other part of the business. If you, if you have an active community, it makes everything else easier in the business. And that's where I, met, I have a co-founder, his name's Josh. We, that's where we met eight or nine years ago. And so that was kind of like aha number one is that community community is like as old as time. Like we've been building community since you know the campfire days uh, in, in, a, in a cave or whatever. Um, but, but the first aha was like really seeing how a, a community in the context of a business can be a real win-win for the business and the members. Um, fast forward a couple of years later, Josh and I decided to start consulting in the in the community building space, um, specifically like in developer community world, because that's kind of our DNA. And we spent about 18 months going really deep with um, leaders from all sorts of really community-centric companies. And we, we realized two things. One is that community as a discipline inside of especially like SaaS companies is growing really quickly. People were hiring, the head, head counts were growing. And everybody we spoke with was was trying to measure the ROI of these programs. You know, if, like like you and I both come from marketing world, like ROI, attribution, these things are somewhat understood. Like we've been doing it for a long time. There's lots of tools. There's lots of methods. Community as a disciplines, as it's because it's, it's very old in terms of like, you know, community itself, but actually in the business context, there's not a lot of understanding about how to measure impact. So all of our, all of our customers, all our clients, we're, we're trying to use the sales and marketing funnel as sort of the metaphor for measuring community. And it didn't feel right to us. We realized that the funnel is a great metaphor when you're optimizing a linear process. So like a, a, a like a sales funnel or a marketing funnel, a product onboarding, everybody's got to go through the same four steps. Um, it's really great for optimizing linear and binary things, but communities, if you've if you've ever been a part of one, you know it's not linear and it's not binary. And so the metaphor actually starts to break down a bit. So we we published a, a framework. Well, to step back, we try to imagine from first principles, how do communities work? How can they be measured? And we we published this blog post about what we call the orbit model. And the orbit model said, instead of pushing people through a prescribed set of steps, it's actually about creating high gravity experiences that are naturally attractive for people. And you can measure the impact of your community through a couple of different metrics we, we sort of invented. Uh, but one is it's called the love metric. And the theory is that if you know the recency, frequency, and quality of every person's participation, you can start to build some cool models about which cohorts are really leaning in and engaging, who are the parts of the community that are that are you know, sort of fading away and leaning out that maybe you should go re-engage. 
And, and it's, it's less about like a singular funnel experience that everybody goes through and more about understanding the participation rate essentially across the whole community. And if you know that, you can start to do some cool stuff. And so um, the, we published that blog post. It struck a nerve. People started to ask us, how do you scale this? How do you operationalize it? So um, we published some Airtable templates to kind of like play with the theory. And then ultimately we said, you know, this is, this is a pretty cool mental model um, that the, you know, we need to figure out how to scale and operationalize. And so we essentially raised a little bit of money and, and got to work building Orbit as kind of like the, the modern go-to-market stack, essentially with this very community-centric data model at the core. So yeah, I spent, spent a lot of time thinking about it before starting it, but that kind of brings us up to, to, to today. Right. I, that makes sense. It's definitely a lot of um, kind of thinking about it and trial and error and, and figuring out what the customer wants in order to come up with a uh, platform like this. Totally makes sense. Um, do you have any data on, because I get this question asked all the time, do you have any data on um, how many touch points it takes to get an average to get a user from like what from zero to like becoming a customer? Do you guys have that kind of data? <laughs> you know, we 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 do increasingly. We haven't we haven't published anything about that yet. Um, I I don't have an answer for you today because I think unfortunately it depends. <laughs> okay. And just and, on I'm just curious on average because I don't know. Last time I heard it was something like thirty touch points before they become a customer, but that could be very very. Yeah, I, I think it's a lot. I think it depends on the the type of company. You know, if it's a, a a consumer brand or something like that, it may be just six or seven, like a traditional advertising model. But if it's a, a SaaS platform or a product that takes a lot of sort of integration work, implementation work, it it could take months. I mean, it's funny. I just had a, a a fairly strategic, high value prospect reach out to me last week after using Orbit for on a free plan for six months using their personal Gmail address, and he said, "Hey, look." We've been using the tool. It's awesome. We've got budget. We want to talk about enterprise engagement, you know, and that whole time they've been hanging out in the community, consuming our content, you know, coming to office hours and our discord and things like that. And, you know, that's, that's, I think that's a, it's, it's kind of like the difference between the, the sales funnel and the orbit model as frameworks is like, it, we almost think about the relationship is like, it's going to sound a little silly, but almost like an ice cream cone. You think about like the, the funnel as the cone on the bottom and the community is like the stuff on top. Um, if the, the bigger, you know, in the case of an ice cream cone, the more scoops you put of ice cream on top, the more it's going to fall down into the, into the cone. It's kind of the same way with community that if you can nurture it and in, increase the gravity, make it really attractive, the second or in order effect will be that more of those folks end up in, in the, the sales funnel with purchase intent. Um, but you got to sort of like think about how to create value for the community over the long term, such that it keeps getting bigger and bigger. So yeah, the touch points, it's, it's a, I think we we should publish some research around this because we have we have the data like in our data right. but we haven't done the work to actually um, do the reporting. It's I would yeah, I'd love question. to see that. Uh, and I would also this seems almost like my in, you know as a marketer I would love to see this overlaid with CRM data right because then that could be so powerful right then you know who are the people <laughs> what where are they in the funnel and then where how many touch points have they had so like it's like you know data upon data. <laughs> Yeah, exactly right. So today we we actually connect to both Salesforce and HubSpot. And so, um, yeah, the use cases are, are numerous. So if a rep is looking at a, a contact or an opportunity in HubSpot, for example, their community data is right there. And they can you know, sort of see that journey and click in and see um, who is this person. And a lot of a lot of our customers use use Orbit just for that for that reason, because, you know, sometimes the data in the CRM might be limited to like, you know, somebody downloaded this white paper, they view this this web page, which is nice, but 
um, because we connect to so many data sources, Orbit can can tell a much more comprehensive story that, hey, did you know this person has been in your forum for three years and they've answered 25 questions for other users? You probably want that if you're doing automatic or like in-person outreach that, hey, like we know you're kind of like a contributor to the community. So we're going to approach you with a much different type of a conversation than if you were just the cold, you know, a cold lead or something like that. So right. yeah, we're finding that the the community-centric data is, is helping power all sorts of workflows, even from like a segmentation and outreach standpoint. So, you know, show me, you can come to Orbit today and, you know, show me, show me everybody that's been to our office hours for the past three months and also follows us on Twitter because we want to like do a promotion to those people or something. It's you right. Know, so you can basically do that, you know, do that filtering and then create a segment and then send a drip to them. Things right. Like that. Yeah, absolutely. So then, then the marketing mind of mine is like, okay, then you can segment that data and then provide special promotions or special communications or, um, yeah, special offers to them that maybe you know just making it more personalized, right? Which is what we're all trying to get is more is more down to more personalization versus like all the same. Everybody gets the same message, which is eventually is going to happen. I mean, overall, I'm just kind of thinking as a, an industry overall. Um, so. Um, awesome. And then what are some new initiatives and projects you guys are working on uh, to improve and enhance? Yeah, lots lots of areas. So kind of consistent with the, the sort of thread you were just pulling on there. Um, lots more automation around sort of like if this, then that. So, you know, if someone answers their fifth question in your forum, then do a thing. So that thing could be lots of things. It could be send them a message on Twitter saying, thank you. It could be add them to a specific sequence in HubSpot, et cetera, to go like send them, you know, a, a, a specific thank you message. Could be send them swag. So swag automation, something that a lot of people want. Um, but the the workflow piece is is a lot of investments coming there. Um, messaging is 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 coming out more and more. So, you know, Orbit today has been pretty good at taking in the data, visualizing it, helping you build charts and reports, like filtering all these views and things like that. The next sort of like iteration of that is okay, great. You showed me all the influential people that joined the community last week. What do I do next? Uh, and so actually today we're releasing Twitter DMs from Orbit. So you could say like, hey, like just quickly fire off a message from the platform um, because Orbit's saying, hey, here's 10 people you should you should message. So instead of like going to Twitter and like going to everybody's page and it takes forever, right? Um, but it's cool because as those messages are sent from within the platform, that touch point also exists in our data model too. So you can actually see not only what people are doing implicitly, you know, on Twitter, in your forum, on Discord, whatever, you can also see how your team is starting to engage them. And so that opens up all sorts of possibilities from a cohorting and reporting standpoint. So, you know, let's do a poll of everybody we messaged in, in October. Were they more active in the community? Did they buy more product? Things like that. It just really starts to open the open the floodgates for really, really cool, you know, cohorting and analysis. Um, you know, and beyond that, um, sentiment analysis is coming soon. So, you know, with with Orbit, you know, our customers are, are, are tracking conversations across social, across their forums. Um, we're going to be able to layer in some some pretty interesting insights around what people are talking about, what are the trends and themes, and are there any conversations that are particularly negative that you might want to be aware of and go, you know, go do some moderation on, go do some go do some firefighting against. So, yeah, those are those are some of the some of the ones that are coming up in the in the near term that we're we're pretty hmm. excited about. Yeah, that is very exciting. Um... I, I, yeah, I mean, to me, it's just like the personalization will 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 be a game changer when it comes to getting that data and making those personalized communications. What What do you think is a challenge though in the industry in the industry now? Is it like getting 
collecting that data and making sense of it and then making the personalization or or just that seems to be like a challenge right now because we haven't I think the technology is not there yet and it's not as robust overall what do you think is a challenge yeah i think it's it's kind of um behavioral organizational uh, a lot i mean the the notion of the the sort of impact that a community can have in a business is a relatively new concept and so you know, our users, you know, we have thousands of customers um, managing something like 40 million community members across all their communities. So we've seen some, we're early, but we've seen some interesting scale. Um, you know, far and away, our largest segment of users today is 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 like B2B software and heavily developer companies. So open source infrastructure developer tools. This is a segment of the market that has historically been very community driven. So it makes sense that we've had a lot of adoption there. Web Web three and crypto, like very fast growing segment for us, but again, very community led. Um, but you know, when you think about you know getting into sort of B two B and B two C SaaS generally, or like consumer brands, things like that, the idea that the the community as a functional area should be a standalone thing is is kind of new. So we have to do a lot of education and, and like say, hey, like um, you know, here are all the benefits that if if you if you staffed out these programs fully. It would it would make awareness easier. It would make adoption easier. Recruiting would be simpler. Like there's all these benefits, but um, unlike you know digital marketing, which has been around for a while now, like the, there's there's a lot of foundational work that we have to do to sort of educate the market, create the category. So um, fortunately, to to your original question, the the data is there and the 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 APIs for the relevant platforms exist, and we connect to most of them. Um, so so we have the insights. We have the data. It's 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 kind of like a a, a market category creation question that we have to solve for, which is, you know, fun. Yeah, I totally understand creating a new category in the market. That's something that we have to do all the time as a digital marketing agency for our clients where we're like, oh, like nobody even understands this thing exists. So how, so we have to like educate um, the consumer or the end user is like, this actually is a thing that, that you can use now. And so yeah, totally uh, makes sense. I the other things I can see is being like challenges or like the would do you think do you see privacy as a challenge too? That's with all of the everyone like cracking down on that because you know like iOS changes and things like that. It's interesting to some extent the the changes with iOS and some regulations actually have been helpful for us. Uh, okay. Because, so you know it it leads to all sorts of challenges with programmatic buys and things like that. So what we're hearing is that yeah, as as some of those more sort of tested mechanisms that did rely on a lot of data as, as those become less effective, companies are looking for other channels and other methods. And so community is a great way to, to, to sort of de-risk all of that. Um, for us as a business, you know, we, we use, you know, we're not scraping data. We're not buying data. We're actually just using the APIs that exist for our partner platforms. And the vast majority of the interactions that we're, we're tracking are, are public. So it's what's going on on Twitter what's going on on GitHub and an open forum, you know, things like that. So we actually are, we operated pretty clearly in the lines of, of privacy things. So um, yeah, it's actually been more of a benefit than a, than a challenge for us, uh, interestingly enough. And of course we have all sorts of security measures in place and things like that on the back end to make, to make our, our users feel very, feel very safe. So yeah, we're, we're hearing more and more from, from companies and marketers that, you know, community is becoming a way that they're, thinking about investing around the go-to-market for all of those, all of those reasons.
Right, right. Yeah, that makes sense. So it's almost like a different, a new type of channel that is not the current programmatic or paid social. I, I also see this being really applicable in consumer brands, because I mean, they are so, so many times, so often social and with adult, it would be really interesting to see like, which, let's say, influencers people follow that are, let's say, promoting a brand, like a consumer brand, for example, and then tying that also back to social data or forum data. I know there's not like forums are not a big thing in consumer brands, um, definitely more so in SaaS or technology brands, but it, it's kind of interesting because, I mean, those brands are really like consumer brands are so social as well. Totally. Yeah, that's it's um, we see we see our users doing doing sort of the workflow you're describing. And what's interesting is that, you know, Orbit can help not only identify like the influencers, because you probably like a lot of times our, our customers sort of know who those like the top 1%, like they know who these people with hundreds of thousands of followers are. Uh, it actually helps you identify that the, the next level down of people who are like pretty active, but maybe they don't have a huge following. And so, you know, we, we have in the orbit models of framework, we talk about the, the two metrics of, of love, which is like the recency, frequency, and quality of engagement, but also an individual's reach, which can be their Twitter following, et cetera. And, and there's actually playbooks. So if you, if you find a cohort of people that they have a lot of love, but low reach, you as a brand can actually help elevate and platform them and give them reach. And so, so you, you know, there's almost like a two by two of, of, of reach and love, and you can have playbooks reach. So, you know, for the people that have a lot of reach and not a lot of love. Well, maybe you reach out to them directly, send them swag, send them a box, a demo box, whatever. But then right. these people that have a lot of love, but not a lot of reach. And then, well, wow, maybe we invite them to a customer advisory board. Maybe we feature them at our next event. There's all sorts of things you can do. Um, mm -hmm. For 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 consumer brands specifically, there there's an interesting maturation we're seeing there in terms of the, the sort of conception of community for that segment. Because um, you were sort of touching on this a moment ago that community quote unquote in consumer world often just means social media and and you know there's so much more to the story we we, we think about community as you know many to many engagements so there's like people talking to each other about the common interests that they have or the common project they're working on um i i think the 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 especially like the marketers and consumer brands that can arrive at that conclusion more quickly will unlock all sorts of interesting things. But a lot of times we talk to folks from consumer world, it's, it's, it's very much, Oh, like it's very, it's very, it's very much about social broadcast versus like creating conversation between people. So um, I think there's weirdly a lot that consumer brands can learn from like open source projects. Uh, that's not really, I haven't really connected those dots in, in any format yet, but there's probably some cool things uh, that both of those groups can learn from each other and, we actually see both, so maybe we'll do some content there. <laughs> right, right. Oh, I I really have enjoyed this conversation so much because I to me this is like this is uh, what's a love language? I guess there's maybe a sixth one uh, <laughs> called data. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably mine. Um, Awesome. Well, I, I always have a last question that's kind of a wild card, and that is, what is your prediction for the industry? And that could be your industry specifically, or it could be self-driving cars, terraforming Mars, um, <laughs> robots taking over the world. I mean, whatever you, whatever's top of mind to you. <laughs> yeah, I think, I, I think, I think that's very top of mind for us is the, the confluence of community data revenue data and product activation data into a single view. Like these have historically been somewhat siloed concepts. 
Um, but we're trying to collapse those those three things into just understanding the, the individual people more effectively. And from what we're seeing from our customers and the people we talk to, I think I think that that's coming. So, you know, there's notions of product-led growth and community-led growth. And there's all these ideas about growth. But I think it's really just, you know, businesses will continue to get better at understanding the people. Um, and if we can do that, I think that leads to better outcomes for businesses as well as the people they work with, because it means the messaging is better, the product is better. The you know, there's not as many you know SDRs sending cold outbound that's not very targeted. Um, and so I, I think. You know, I guess it's a prediction and a hope that we all kind of get better at understanding the humans, uh, because I think it just makes everything not only more effective, but also more humane. Right. Understanding humans. Yeah. I feel like we have so much data, but we still don't understand them so well. <laughs> that's uh that's, that's a good point that's a good one to end that's a good note to end on but uh last question that was a really this is going to be the actual last question i the, the industry prediction is always the pre the one precursor to the last question last question is how can our audiences get in touch with you yeah so i'm on twitter just at patrick j woods i tweet about all this stuff uh you can learn more about orbit at orbit.love uh, interestingly enough, that is our that is our domain. Dot uh, love is a domain you can. Well, you can why find. did you? How did you choose that love? Yeah, it's, so it, it goes back to the orbit model and the the love as a metric you can measure. So you know, orbit.com obviously was was taken uh, and not available. And so it's it, it, this is by case in point. Like orbit.love has become a like a brand story we can have. Uh, I'm like, hey, my email is Patrick at orbit.love, and the people say, what's that all about? And um, yeah, we get to talk about the orbit model and the love score and all this sort of stuff. So it works pretty well unless you're talking to government agencies, uh, because it turns out we only learned this after the fact. Um, dot love is often used by the adult industry for their websites. Uh, and so some government computers, uh, some government networks actually block that email from those domains. And uh, yeah, this is something we didn't learn until till later. Uh, so side effect to uh, being a crazy startup with a crazy URL. But um, <laughs> I, I can see that. I thought at first you were going to say it's because the government doesn't have any feelings, so they don't want to have any love involved <laughs> in any sort reason. of realm of their existence. <laughs> but now yeah. I see the point about the, the adult websites. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> yeah. Um, awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. This is a great conversation. Patrick Woods from Orbit.love. And it's not an adult site. It is definitely a technology site. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's been super fun.